Hello and welcome to Nested Folders, a podcast about productivity, being effective and accomplishing things. I'm Scotty Jackson. With me, as always, is the lovely, talented and always accomplishing things, Rosemary Orchard. Rose, how are you? Well, you're making me sound a lot better than I'm feeling, so so that's good, because today's episode is all about not feeling like we do these things. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good, and to, to your point about the topic of today is I want to stay that way. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I'm really anxious to talk about uh, staying on the rails, and what I mean by that is I have gone through you know, my year-end review, because we're in that beginning of a new year kind of vibe, episode 13, and my system is clean. I am reminded of my best practices. I know what my best practices are, but I also know that I am really, really bad at following my own best practices. Mm -hmm. And it's repeatable to have these like light bulb moments of, oh, I get how I'm supposed to work. I remember, I know all these things, but then it's so easy to fall off of that. Uh, And then when I get off track, like I'm a disaster. I mean, I'm, I'm disorganized. I'm missing commitments. I'm last minute accomplishing things like right before they're due. And I wanted to talk about how to prevent that kind of feeling from happening by, like I said, staying on the rails. Yeah. I had that a few times before Christmas where I was just running out of time. Like I literally didn't have enough hours in the day and I was then pulling all nighters to try and get stuff done. Um, but as, as you and I both know, when we do these things, it seems like a great idea in the moment because you just keep on going and you power through and it's fine. And then you are there in the next morning going, I don't feel like I've done a great job on this thing that I was powering through because I was exhausted in, in that particular example. Um, and you feel even more out of control because everything is just driving you insane a little bit and you need uh, to figure out you know, where did you get off the rails so that you can you can magnetize your way back to them? I'm hoping the rails are magnetic. If not, I'm going to have a big problem. Um, <laughs> totally. And, and uh, you know, try and get back on there and, and get everything back on, on the track that you want it to be. Or maybe it turns out there's a junction and you, you actually went off at the junction and that's the way you're supposed to be going. But, you know, we need to know what we're doing with these things. That's exactly right. And I mean, I don't know about for you, but for me, like my own personal administration seems to be like the first thing to go. So, oh, yeah. So that's, you know, messy desk, unfiled things, stacks of uh things that are ill defined and misunderstood. And then that's when things start falling through the cracks for me is because I'm not, I'm not managing the things in my world appropriately. And so I'm not. I'm not following through on, you know, implied or, you know, requested commitments that might be somewhere in those piles. Exactly. And it that that pile of uh-huh stuff. So um, I, I was listening to a recent episode of My Power Users where David mentioned that he had the badge on drafts to remind him to clear that stuff out at the end of the day. And I was there going, well, last time I turned it on, I had a few too many in there. But this was back in the beta phase where I was creating a bunch of drafts for testing purposes. And, you know, and I was really disorganized and I've cleaned myself up a lot since then. So I should turn the badge back on. I had 555 drafts in the workspace that I've called Inbox. Um, And everything that's in the Inbox does not have a tag. So it hasn't been filed in any way, shape, or form. And it's like, okay, so I have a pile of 555 uh things here, and I don't know what's in there. There could be some super important stuff. So I skimmed through the other day. Some of it were notes that I took on on meetings when, when I was taking over one work so that I've got a bunch of 
useful information in there. Some of it is work-related stuff because originally I didn't want work-related stuff to live in drafts. I wanted to do export it somewhere else and put it in a different note-taking system. Well, that, look at how well that turned out. Um, and then there's just a bunch of miscellaneous useful or not-so-useful random stuff in there, and I need to figure out exactly what all this is. And so, as you say, you know, it's often the personal administration that's first to go, but I'm finding that one of the ways that I can tackle this is holding myself accountable. So I've turned the badge back on drafts. I've said, use my inbox workspace. And I my challenge is I need to deal with 25 drafts a day. Now, I've deliberately not calculated how many days it's going to take me if I only clear 25 a day to empty my drafts inbox. But minimum 25 a day. And I just want to get this down. And it want, I want it to go down every day. And then I'm done. Um, right. And then hopefully I can keep it down. But. And then if not drafts, the, the, the real big takeaway that I, I, I get from that too is how do you create um, a visual indicator of the, sta- the state of things and how yes. do you challenge yourself to act on that indicator? Yes, because something else I've been working on recently because, for example, the drafts badge on, on the app is – a really useful as that particular indicator. And I have a badge on OmniFocus as well to tell me how many tasks that I've got overdue or due today. Great. But what other apps have got badges? Because I realized I've got a quite a few things. So I use uh, Swarm from time to time to check into places. And oh my gosh, the number of times that app badges and goes, hey, it looks like you forgot to check in somewhere. Uh-huh. Or did you know that this person is in this city 50 miles away from you? It's like, great. Not important. So one of the things I've been doing is going through and whittling those notifications down so that it's just these things that tell me, hey, if you don't keep on top of this, your life might go back off the rails. Like, consider whether or not that's okay right now. Because sometimes it's okay, like, you've got something that needs doing, you just have to focus on that, and you know that there's nothing critical that's going to blow in those stacks. But while it's just a complete stack of, "Uh uh-huh, and that... It, it's not a, a short period of time where you're you're going off the rails. You know you're you're leaving the well worn track. Uh, you you can get very confused and worried. And I find that I end up being more, I spend more time worrying about the stuff that I know is written down somewhere, but I don't know what is it what it is um, when right. I've not cleared it. So I need to go through and clear those things. Right, and and I think I think personal level of worry about thing is a good temperature gauge for is yeah. this is this adequately defined enough? If I'm still thinking about it, clearly there is I haven't given it enough definition or enough mm-hmm. uh, uh, enough commitment to be able to completely discard it from my mind where I'm like cycling and cycling and cycling on it. And I think yeah. what you said too about you know, simplification, reducing things is, is huge. Notifications is a, a big one. That's evergreen. One of, one of the other things that I've been looking at for myself to help, you know, in, in as much as I can keep myself on the rails in advance of something bad happening is really looking at the roster of apps that I'm using and saying, do I need all of these? Or do I have a very clearly defined role and responsibility for each of those things. In some cases that has led me to delete apps that I love, um, but that I just don't really need because I can, I I don't need to spread my content over that many, that many different things. Um, And as well, uh, lining up kind of my folder structure and organizing Mm -hmm. where things go. If I have fewer possibilities about that, it becomes clearer to me immediately 
where something goes. I don't have to think about it um, multiple times. And in as much as I can, aligning that structure across multiple apps as well as like the file system on my computer has been really, really cool because I see, oh, this action belongs to this project, which is in this folder. And maybe that's an OmniFocus thing, but maybe this piece of reference material that also belongs to that project in the same folder is in agenda, or I've got this PDF file that is in the same sort of folder titled the same way on my Mac. Um, And Mm -hmm. so uh, simplifying and, and sort of unifying my rules for how things are organized that I'm having some early success with in terms of just reducing the number of decisions that I have to make about where does this go? I mean, fork, Fork goes in the fork spot of a fork of a flatware drawer. That's you don't have to think about it when you're emptying the dishwasher. I want it to be that smooth when I've got yeah. like a piece of thing in my inbox and I need to know where it goes. Yeah, and and coming back to to, to that is from from my perspective. There's also recalibrating um, both your your internal tolerance for uh, things being messy. Um, and if you're totally happy with having everything everywhere, that's cool, but that, that 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 needs to be what you're used to um and sometimes you need to recalibrate things because i clearly allowed myself to get to the point where i was comfortable or thought i was comfortable having 555 things in drafts <laughs> but i also had a bunch of stuff in dev and think and i've got things in my node and i've got stuff in pages and i realized what i need to do is while i want all my reference material to go into my node uh, sorry to go into dev and think when it's done i need to get better at actually actioning that because it's all very well and good to say, yeah, like, you know, finish things, go in dev and think. And I'd say like 80% of the time, they finish things were in dev and think. Right. I need to get better at that, that 20%. Because for me, that 20% is then I open up numbers and there's like 200 files staring back at me going, so what do you want to work on? Ugh. It's like, okay, th- this is not how I feel comfortable, but I was getting to the point where I was calibrating myself for want of a better word to feel that that was totally good and okay and, and awesome even. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm realizing very quickly, I'm uh, as we record this, I'm about to go off and do my personal retreat this weekend. Uh, this is something that Mike Schmitz um, has a personal retreat handbook. Um, and I'm going to be doing a slight modification of this. I'm not actually going anywhere. Um, for this weekend, it just didn't work out timing wise. Um, but I, I'm going to be doing that personal retreat. And I'm one of the things that I'm going to be looking at is, okay, so what do I need to do to make my systems more comfortable so that I don't have this feeling of I'm skating on really, really, really thin ice and one, you know, wrong turn or something dropping is just going to break everything and I'm going to land with, uh, with you know, a massive splash in this icy, icy water. Yeah. Um, because that that's when things get scary and that's not fun and i like avoiding that also mm-hmm. i'm you know i'm very feline in many respects i would not enjoy a sudden plunge in icy cold water in fact i would be exceptionally grumpy about that so it's in my own personal best interests to avoid this happening very few people i think would be rewarded with that feeling of <laughs> of oh i'm suddenly i'm in icy cold water um yes <laughs> I, I and I like what you said about recalibration and I'm thinking about that and it and it's interesting because I think there needs to be a good balance struck too because so for example I know for myself I operate most cleanly and at my peak when I am operating from inbox zero which mm-hmm. is great to know 
but unrealistic to have like all the time because otherwise I'll sit there like obsessively moving little bits of content all the time. I need to be like, I, I can't be okay with a thousand knowing my peak performance is at zero. Great. I think I have to figure out like where the right line is like for okay. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. is, is 50 that number is a hundred and, and it probably doesn't need to be harshly defined, calculated, and then documented for the archives of the Institute. I just need a, like a rough idea of. Yeah. A ballpark figure as to where your tolerance level is pretty much. That's right. Where I can, where I can maintain performance, but also not worry about like sinking, like over-indexing on my administration time. Um, but also not, you know, letting things fall through the cracks or, you know, have something be missed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's something that I, I'm working on, like finding out what my current personal tolerance levels are, um, and then what my, what my optimized levels of productivity are. And then hopefully there'll be either the, the optimized levels of productivity will happen to be something that is easy to maintain. Um, so one of the things that I, I've done in advance of my personal retreat this weekend is I have archived um, all of my email from before January 1st this year um, because it's not gone. It's still there if I need it, mm-hmm. but it's not in my inbox anymore. So I don't need to process it. Right. Um, and as it stands, I, I can process a couple of weeks worth of email. I'm going to be using an app called uh, Unibox. I did a recent show at Screencast Online about that because it's really great for just going through and being like, all of these things came from a newsletter. Delete everything from the sender in one go. Done. Um, and so I need to figure out what my tolerance is for things like Inbox Zero and you know items in my OmniFocus inbox and how many projects is a good number of projects to have. Right. Because... I have, if you look at my OmniFocus right now, so I hadn't archived in a while and I am, as we talk, I am just opening up my OmniFocus and I'm going to settings and uh, I have not opened OmniFocus on this device since I did that. So I'm just going to go over here. But there, I had over 1,000 projects in my OmniFocus, which is a lot of projects. That's a lot of projects. Yeah. And now some of these were completed, absolutely, but others weren't. (laughs) <laughs> so I had a lot of things in my OmniFocus database, and that was kind of scary. Um, and I believe now I've archived it. I'm just uh, scrolling down. I'm now down to 192 projects, which is so much more of a manageable number. Okay, that, and that feel also feels realistic. Like a thousand, that just seems sort of made up. Like at that point, it might as well be 200,000. Like who cares? Because <laughs> Well, that's just it. Because one of these things, when I go off the rails, so I, I posted um, on Twitter a while ago about um, how um, I had lots of ideas and they, they were just, you know, all coming at me at the same time. And you know, when you are paralyzed by fear and you can't do anything. Well, having too many mm-hmm. project ideas that are working on you at the same time, and I say working on you because really I was being controlled by the number of ideas I was having. That's when, you know, that's when I know I'm off the rails because I'm having tons of great ideas, but I'm I'm jumping from idea to idea to idea and back again, uh-huh. and I'm not settling on anything for more than like an hour. Right. And that is when I know I'm completely off the rails and I have to stop and do something but i've not yet quite figured out and that's something i'm working on exactly what causes this to happen i have a feeling that it's just all of your systems are out of control you need to fix this 
Um, like that's when that happens because you know your brain figures now is a good time to come up with more things that are not in control because <laughs> um, you know brains are awesome. Um, so <laughs> well, well, for anyone who's ever reorganized or cleaned up a dresser, like sometimes things oh, have gosh. to get messier before they get cleaner too, yes. right? So I, there, there's there's a bit of that involved. I think um, I think one of the things that I'm trying to introduce um, is a little bit more. A structure around some daily routines. Mm-hmm. So uh, like getting up in the morning and, you know, doing, you know, ho- home things, but then before like really getting crackalacking on work, have I looked at my calendar? Have I looked at my day's, you know, task list? Ha- are there, are there a couple of projects that I need to have set for like daily review that I need to check on, you know, how are these things operating? Uh, because that will trigger, Oh, I must also, or, Oh, did I, uh, did I, did I actually, uh, kind of moments. And then, uh, also a little bit of daily journaling, um, mm-hmm. which I've automated through shortcuts. And I feel like that is at least setting the stage for me to be able to ap- approach a day, well-intentioned, maybe not a hundred percent ready, but, but intended to be ready. And that's, that's maybe a good start. Yes. So this is something else I've been doing as well. I have gone through an entire field notes journal. I'm not kidding with writing down what all the things that are involved in the different routines that I have, um, and trying to figure out the perfect routine. Now, spoiler, there is no perfect routine. My morning routine needs to change based on what day it is of the week and how early it is I need to get up so that I can get to work on time so I can get home to podcast or I can get home to do other things or so that I can compensate for the fact that I stayed up a little late to meet that deadline the night before. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to figure out if there is any pattern to this morning routine because what I am currently doing, and this is a currently um, and subject to change, probably will have changed by the time this podcast releases, knowing me, is when I wake up in the morning, uh, it's checking for a couple of different things on my calendar, and then it's using um, push cuts to send me notifications at specific times to trigger shortcuts, which are part of my morning routine. Um, so um, these some of the, so I'm also using do to make sure that I, I, I do things at specific times. Um, you know, like you need to leave for work, like right now, that's something that you tells me to do. Um, whereas push cut is just there going, oh yeah, I, I need you to, um, please run this shortcut to check what's on your calendar and to open your OmniFocus to a specific perspective to let you know what's happening today. Um, and I, I'm trying to work that in there because realistically I always have my phone with me. Um, and that's something that I should possibly review at some point, but as it is, I, I, I feel like I should incorporate this into building positive habits right now, instead of trying to figure out how I can cut this out. Um, and so I, I'm working on not automating everything, but trying to make it easy for me to do these things at the right time. Right. And, and again, I think the, the, the big takeaway is, uh, if not a visual earlier, we talked about visual prompts. This is an actual like notification oriented prompt that is meant to help, you know, trigger you to say, Hey, here are some ways that, you know, are effective ways to keep yourself doing what you need to do. Yeah. Um, make sure and do those things. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I think having, having my tool set, um, help me along with that is, is, is super valuable. And, you know, one of the things that, yeah, you know, I know you say about like always having your phone with you. I, I've I've made mine lighter with this app elimination and decluttering, and I feel a lot better about 
or a lot, if if not better than at least less guilty about mm-hmm. have, having my phone because there are, I now feel like there are fewer things that it will yell at me about. And so the things that it is yelling about, therefore, uh, can be trusted to be actually important and valuable uses of my attention. Absolutely. Uh, um, one of the ways that I am using my phone is to actually do some analog. So it's not daily journaling that I'm doing per se. I'm also not doing bullet journaling, but I bought a moleskin day per page um, for this year. So um, I, I've previously pretty much always had a weekly and this was for recording not specifically events, though I would put an event in there if it was, you know, something that doesn't happen on a regular basis. So I go to work Monday to Friday. That's normal. But recording nested folders is a special event. So that would get written in there. Um, And I would also assign projects to days in this weekly planner. Um, This year, I went with a day per page. It also has um, a really nice X-Wing design on the front. Um, But part of my evening routine is um, triggered by shortcut. Um, which is calculated to be half an hour before I need to go to bed, um, thanks to some shortcut and pushcut magic. And um, one of the things that it helps me to do is it finds anything that's in my calendar for the next day, and I write this in a specific time. Um, And then I pick out anything that I need to get on with. And this is based on a combination of omni-focus perspectives and um, things in my deadline calendar that are coming up within the next week. Um, and I, it just presents all of this information to me and I have to make that choice, but the act of actually writing it down, I'm, I'm using a nice zebra roller ball pen. Um, it, it's nothing fancy. Unfortunately, um, the moleskin paper was not doing great with my fountain pens. Um, so, um, I can't use that lovely shimmery ink in my Bennu fountain pen, <laughs> but that's okay because I'm, I'm still writing it down and doing things. And then that I try to use as my outline for my day. It's it's definitely more like guidelines uh, than rules, to quote Captain Barbosa again. Um, but that's my guiding star. Um, so that whenever I'm there going, okay, what should I be doing now? I can look at it. And I also make a point of writing one fun thing in there a day. You know, it could be to watch Picard, which has just come out as we record this, which I very much enjoyed. Um, and Or it could be to watch Gilmore Girls, because I've recently found this on Netflix, and that's good fun. <laughs> Um, or if I know that it's it's going to be a really time crunch day, then I put an episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air in there because those are about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, um, and I'm going back and watching those, and it's very entertaining. <laughs> Fantastic picks. I, I I like the idea of taking you know what I've been trying to establish as a morning routine and pushing it into the evening before because I think. I, th- I think doing that w- might allow me. I haven't. I've been sleeping really well, uh, and I think that that. Mm-hmm. Uh, establishing sleep patterns, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, is is huge for staying on the rails. If if my sleep is not good, uh, that will, uh, I mean, that can be both cause and effect for for off the railsness. Um, but uh, but managing that is is key, and I think uh, helping that be uh, consistent would be really. Uh, would be really supported by, by doing that daily review, you know, in the evening time so that I can go to bed with a clear conscience. Uh, I know what tomorrow will look like in as much as I can before it happens. Yes. Um, and, and that is something that gets a lot of people, fear of the unknown. Um, now, I love to travel and go off and do things and 
see different places and all of that. Um, and it's great, but every so often I get freaked out by not knowing what's going on. Um, and that is something that I can control partially at the very least with this, because I know what's going to happen and I can go ahead and I have a stack of post-its on my desk and, and I, I write things on these post-its and I stick them in on days in the future when I think I, I, I'm going to need to do things. So if I know that next week I'm going to be record recording uh, nested folders and automators and I'm going to be a guest on two podcasts and I've got a screencast online showed you well I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put those in on those days in advance I tend to put these in on post-its so that the I only write in the planner itself on that day the night before um, but that means that I have this information ready for me when I get to that day and I'm pre-allocating that time in advance so that when somebody says to me oh so are you free next Thursday for dinner I don't just look at my calendar and go, yeah, sure. I can check my planner and go, well, technically I'm free, but I was actually going to work on the Screencast Online show on Thursday. If I don't do that then, how am I going to feel about myself? Because right. this is one of those things that I was finding, um, and I still find to some extent. I've made promises to myself that I'm going to do this stuff, but then it doesn't get taken into account when doing other things, when making plans, because all of my information is spread around in too many places and it needs to be consolidated. Yes. And I mean, this, this is like, this is the fundamentals of GTD now, right? We're talking about uh, capture and then clarify and then organize. I like for me, I, I find that when I get off the rails, I kind of give up on capture a little bit, or at least that's one of my tendencies that I'm, that I'm working on. And I, and I, I, if nothing else, I've got to capture because then at least it's somewhere. If I have in fact done a good job of simplifying my systems, then, you know, to, to your point, it, the spread outedness of it all is at least sort of contained. And then it's making time for the clarify and organize. And that's kind of what this, this routine is, is about too, not just about looking at what are the things that I've got clarified and organized for the next day? But but also, what are the what does the stack of capture look like? And do I need to, do I need to allocate some time for that uh, and plan about it? Yes, um, and and this is all building back into that information for me because as well, you know, if I'm recording a podcast with you at five p.m., that means that I probably need to work eight till four instead of nine till five because if I'm working nine till five and it takes me twenty minutes to get home and ten minutes to set up for the podcast. I'm going to be 30 minutes late to podcast with you. Right. Or I can leave work early, but then I'm minus 30 minutes and I have to account for that somewhere. So uh, by by doing this planning the night before, um, it also means that I'm regularly defrosting my lunch before taking it to work, um, which is great because I, I tend to batch cook things in advance and portion them up and put portions in the freezer. Um, and taking a portion of frozen lunch to work on the one hand means it doesn't spill any anywhere in your bag on the other hand means you then have to defrost it as well as reheat it at lunchtime which can take longer and for some foods doesn't work out quite as well they're best off just defrosting by themselves um and so i by by doing all this i'm finding that i am setting myself up for success and you know i'm i'm not sticking 100% on the rails and I'm probably going to go past multiple switch junctions and think, eh, I should have gone the other way. But <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm more in control right? Um, and that I'm less likely to fly off the rails without being aware of it because that's the worst thing. You know, chitty chitty bang bang, you're there and then suddenly you go over the cliff and you weren't expecting those wings to come out and rescue you. And before the intermission, you didn't know there were wings that were going to come out and rescue you. Well, 
sometimes my life feels like it it is in that in- intermission in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang where they've just fallen off the cliff and you don't know if anything's going to come rescue you. And I want to know that my wings are there to rescue me. This is the thing. And, and this that kind of ritual and review is, is, is so critical to that because I think that the calendar free time fallacy is strong, mm-hmm. especially if you are a, a very calendar driven person. I, I work for a corporation and I have a lot of meetings. And so it's very easy for me to think because a lot of it is telecommuted to or it takes place over webcams and that sort of thing that, you know, if I'm free or if I'm booked from, you know, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., then at 11 a.m. I am free and can move on to the next thing or that I am not occupied until 10 a.m. when that commitment starts. But in reality, there is maybe preparation. There is maybe uh, presentation material that I need to make sure is on and working and, and ready to go or make sure that I am on and ready to go if it's if it's webcam do I look you know presentable and so I think it's really easy to think oh look I'm not booked in this period on my calendar therefore I can put something there and I don't think that that's always that's always true there's there's obvious ones too like you mentioned of uh, or, or what should be obvious uh, of things like travel time um, you know just because I'm you know like you said, you know, if, if you're if you're moving from location to location, you can't just book yourself for whatever just because there's space in the calendar. Um, and so, be, being aware of the implied, you know, other ends of time around these mm-hmm. things is is a uh, boon, I think, to staying on the rails and feeling in control and organized, uh, and allowing yourself to, I think, the agency to be able to say, like, look. Um, in, if I am going to attend this meeting or this thing or this commitment or whatever it is at 2 p.m., then I'd better make sure that by 1.30, I am saying I am not available anymore because I need half an hour to get set up or ready. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's one of these things that I am doing on a daily basis. Um, at the end of the day, I'm looking through my calendar and I'm looking at everything in my calendar for the next week. Um, and I'm looking at these things and going, okay, so this needs like – 30 minutes before that so and then i put that in my calendar and i block that time out and i've been experimenting with time blocking in various ways shapes and forms um but i um now have a specific not available calendar um i own when works um as mentioned in previous episode um and so this makes sure that nobody can book me in that time because my time blocking calendar doesn't affect my when works availability that doesn't affect when people can book me because just because i've said that i'm going to work on writing this blog post then doesn't mean that i have to work on it then there's usually flexibility to some of these things but sometimes there is no flexibility to some of these things and that is something that I am trying to make a distinction between, you know, what which which of these blocks in my life can be moved and which have to stay where they are so that I stay on the rails. Right. And maybe knowing what's right and what works and setting those limits is exactly the right place to end us off on and, and exactly in the spirit of what we're trying to talk about and achieve here. All right. Well, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed this episode. So, Scotty, if people enjoy your work, where can they find you? Uh, I can be found on the internet at heyscottyj.com or by the same name on Twitter and Instagram at heyscottyj. Rosemary Orchard, where do people find you? I am at rosemaryorchard.com and you can also find me at rosemaryorchard on Twitter. And I recently posted on Instagram, rosemary underscore orchard. Go and check out the interesting markings in the train station in Austria. That's the only hint I'm giving you. 
Usability. And as, yeah. And Scotty, where can people find the podcast? Oh, they can find us at nestedfolderspodcast.com or on Twitter at nestedfolders, where we love hearing everyone's feedback and love tweeting with everyone. Thank you for telling us about what you're getting from the show, what you would like to hear from the show. Uh, we love hearing from everybody and are grateful to all our listeners. Absolutely. And uh, I look forward to providing everybody with many episodes more content. That's right. So until next time, take care, Rose. See you in two weeks.